This weekend, Casey Neistat announced that he was ending the vlog. I honestly don't think that there's anyone who has done more for YouTube, for other YouTubers, for the industry of online video as a whole than Casey Neistat. I would be shocked if there were anyone watching this video who doesn't already know who he is and hasn't already heard this news. But I want to talk about it anyway because I think he's had such a profound effect on the way all of us work. The first time I remember seeing one of Casey's videos was actually before YouTube, and it was the Apple's Dirty Little Secret video about the iPod. And I remember at the time being blown away because that was a really radical video to do when it came out. Those were the days where no one ever said anything bad about Apple unless you were a Windows user, but Apple users were very loyal and we would bow down and buy anything that the almighty Apple would release. And here was some guy actually calling them on something. And it was pretty amazing, and it was a very bold move. I didn't really follow Casey much after that, and I do remember in 2012, um, I was working at the Dallas Museum of Art, and one of my coworkers and I, we were constantly looking at online video, and at that time, I mean, this is kind of the cusp where things could be produced with fewer people, where you could just, as one person, make videos. And I also think that there was a shift at that point into the types of videos that were being produced. A video was breaking out of this formal way of doing it that was very expensive, that involved a lot of parts and a lot of people. Anyway, all I remember is one day she called me into her office and she said, you've got to come down here and see this video. And so I did, I went down and it was the Make It Count video that he did for Nike. I didn't realize that it was the same person and, and she said, well, you gotta check this guy. He and his friend traveled all the way around the world and they just shot this and spent the rest of the budget. So I had a great story behind it. Uh, the music was fabulous, it was of its time. But the coolest thing about it is it was in many ways kind of a precursor to stuff he did later on the vlog in that it was just some handheld cameras and literally traveling the world. It fit right into Nike's message of just the whole let's or just do it um, mantra and the whole idea of celebrating individuality and possibilities and ambition. Anyway, I'm probably formalizing it too much, but that video, I mean, I remember we sat there in her office and probably rewound and watched that at least four times. It was very much a game changer when that came out. So fast forward a few years, and in 2014, I left my job at the museum to do my YouTube channel full time. So I started producing videos for this channel, and around that time, I started watching a lot of YouTube as well. I was really fascinated with the platform. I wanted to see what other people were doing. I was just really ensconced in the whole thing, and I remember coming across Casey once again. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the, and I don't even remember how I came across it, but it was about four or five days into his vlog proper. And I'm like, wow, and I had to rewind. I went back to the first vlog video. Here's a guy who's going to start by making a movie, making something every day. I think he just turned 35 at the time and he was just gonna try and do it every day. And to, I mean, in, you know, in photography, we all know about 365 projects where you're going to take an image every day and you're going to produce one photograph every day for an entire year. Here's an open-ended, it's not 365, it's till whenever. This guy's gonna make a whole movie in other words, a vlog, but still something that's produced. And so I started watching. I very quickly, like a lot of people, got really into this. And as we all saw this unfold, I mean, Casey, there were vlogs before Casey Neistat. He was not the first one to do that. There was also amateur video, people shooting with DSLRs and whatever. I mean, he wasn't the first to do that. There were people doing time lapses. But what Casey brought to all this, and I think this is what really is important, is this very mature sense of storytelling, the ability to hold your attention for 10 minutes and keep things very entertaining, um, and this just this sense of, of bringing things in that 
are not associated with amateur online YouTube stuff. I mean, I remember back when YouTube, people used to kind of laugh at it. It was thought as being very lo-fi, kind of crummy. Um, video content that people were making in their bedrooms and how good could that possibly be and while that still in many ways is true here's somebody who comes out and shows what can be done and how far that can be taken as a point of comparison when i was in high school and i was studying music i wanted to be a guitar player that's what i wanted to do i wanted to play music for the rest of my life and at that point i was really into jazz and i was studying a lot of jazz music and along comes this guy named bela fleck <laughs> who's this incredible virtuoso jazz musician playing the banjo, of all things. And you start to check him out. He was an amazing bluegrass player. He could play jazz. He can even play classical music. He's still around today. He's a huge name. But this is somebody that came along that took an instrument that didn't have a lot of respect. The banjo before Bela Fleck was something that people associated with maybe old-timey country music, and it, I mean, they really didn't even get much thought, much less respect. But Bela Fleck came along and did something for the banjo and showed everybody what was possible and did this in such a profound way. And in many ways, this is what I would equate Casey Neistat to doing with this whole genre of YouTube and online video. Casey Neistat is also one of the most copied YouTubers out there. You see the drone footage, you see the time lapses, you see even just kind of the camera integrations and the transitions, and I will be the first to admit that I have incorporated some of that into what I do. There was a point, probably about six months, seven months ago, where I had to forcibly stop watching Casey Neistat. And it had nothing to do with the fact that I loved it and it was entertaining. It had everything to do with the fact that I also make YouTube videos and I loved it a little too much. The problem with that is that Casey was also wildly successful. I mean, I remember watching his channel and all of a sudden he's like well up over 100,000 views for every video he puts out. And it's like getting all this momentum. That ends up growing to a million. His subscriber count, I think he's like over 5 million now or something like that. It was this wild expansion. It was somebody who was growing faster than anything I really had followed that was on YouTube before that. The problem with this is that when you have your own channel you do and you have your own stuff that you do and you start to see something that you like and then you see something that you like is becoming very successful, it's easy to want to assume that the formula is being given to you, is that if I copy this, then I too will incorporate that, people will watch my show and it will be successful as well. And that couldn't be further from the truth, actually. Back to my musical analogy, Led Zeppelin are probably one of the greatest rock bands ever. <laughs> There are many on that list, but I'm just gonna use Led Zeppelin for a minute because a lot of bands have come along, even in decades after Led Zeppelin got popular, and sounded a lot like Led Zeppelin. And the problem with that is you never go beyond being a secondary version of something. You just are always viewed as probably a very good musician in this case, or a great band, but a secondary version of the real thing. And that's kind of what I was afraid that was starting to happen with some of the stuff that I was producing at that time. So yeah, I stopped watching on a daily basis and it was really hard to do and hard thing to give up because I enjoyed it so much. But I still checked in every now and then. On weekends, I'd watch a couple videos here and there. And I always thought it was kind of cool because I'd always have videos to catch back up on. Then when I tuned in this weekend on Saturday and saw that Casey announced that he was no longer going to vlog, 
I have to say, I'm not totally surprised, and let me tell you what this means from a perspective of somebody else who makes videos. Now, if you have a channel, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, but producing videos is not easy. And sometimes when people have a way of making something look effortless, you assume that it's easier than it is. And whenever I looked at Casey Neistat's work, even the travel videos, like I've tried to shoot vlog types of stuff when I'm on the road before, just carving out the time and having the discipline and finding Wi-Fi and a way to upload, there's a lot of work that goes into producing at that level. Now, I don't produce daily content on this channel. I've always wanted to, and that's like my fantasy is to get to a point where I'm doing a photography show that produces videos every day. It's just really hard to do that, and there have been little stretches where I've tried to do that, most recent being this summer, and it was probably around late June. I had a video that did well, and I thought, oh my gosh, this doesn't happen very often. I wanna try and ride this and see how far I can take it. I got about 10 days in, it's exhausting emotionally, it's exhausting creatively, it's exhausting physically to do it that much. And what a lot of people don't realize is you've got to come up with what you're going to make your video about. You look at Casey's work, it's always very relevant. It's relevant, it's always very much of our time. You've got to film the thing, you've got to offload all your footage, you've got to edit it, you've got to make sure you launch it and do that correctly too. And there really is a lot of work involved with that too. It's not just uploading the video and hitting publish. There's a lot that goes into all these things. So when I saw that after 18 months, my first reaction was, my God, that's impressive that somebody made it for the most part, 18 months with just a few days off here and there. My hats is off to you, Casey. That is very impressive. Now, the other thing about daily content, and I feel like I should say this just out of respect to the people who actually do it. What people don't realize is YouTube creators who were in that upper echelon, in that top tier, what Casey ascended to, there have been others that have announced that they are no longer doing daily video as well. There is a lot of reward if you can get to that level, obviously financially, obviously in terms of popularity, and in terms of other opportunities that can open up because you're now known on YouTube. People that are on my level, not so much really, but it's that climb and it's that desire and there's a huge carrot that's dropped to get there. And one thing that I think that creators on YouTube are gonna have to figure out is how do we do this? I mean, it's very competitive. That's one of the reasons people produce daily content. And you're actually also somewhat rewarded by being in your audience's feed that often. That's why people do it. But I will say from personal experience that when I've done that, it does hit a point where making videos for YouTube, it kind of comes this creative sweatshop in a way. And that is not a lot of fun. Now, I'm not saying that's why Casey ended the vlog. It's actually not at all why he ended the vlog. I wanted to say that though, because I'm just trying to underscore the impressive feat that 18 months of daily video actually is. I don't think people get that sometimes. It is, I mean, that's Herculean in scope. There's one thing that Casey said in his vlog one time that has really stuck with me. And I think this is very much true, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he said success is the point where preparation meets opportunity. So think about that for a minute. If you're prepared, opportunities come up, and that's where success happens. And I think that you're looking at somebody who has certainly lived that, who was in the right place at the right time, but was prepared to be there and was able to take this thing to where no one has before. Now, I seriously doubt that Casey watches my videos. However, I am interested in what you guys think. I know that a lot of you have been influenced by the vlog in particular and the videos that he's produced as well. And I'd like you to leave a comment and leave some of your thoughts. I think this is an interesting conversation to have. I don't really talk about Casey much on my show. I'm just very much inspired by him and I think that we're all indebted to him. And if for some bizarre reason Casey is watching, all I would say is thank you for being entertaining. 
thank you for changing the industry and thank you for making it a better place with those 18 months of vlogging. If you guys enjoyed this video, please remember to like it, share it, and as always, subscribe to The Art of Photography so you'll always be up to date on all the latest and greatest stuff we do here. Until the next video, I'll see you guys then. Later.